0: And welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. How many have been here the last three weeks for this series? Been here and we started off with this Christmas series. The first uh, week we started off with Chosen by God where I spoke about Mary a vessel. Just being chosen, being obedient. You know it's, it's not easy being an obedient person sometimes in spite of Challenges that you face in spite of circumstances that, that tell you, wait, uh, this doesn't make any sense if I had to continue the, with what you want me to do, Lord. And then next, uh, we, we talked about last week, what's in a name? What's in a name? Anybody enjoy that? What's in a name? And then today, I, I've titled these uh, this, this uh, sermon this morning, We Bring a Gift. We Bring a Gift. You know, it's a great time of the year. How many like to just spoil your kids and just get them a gift and see their faces light up with excitement? Hopefully with excitement. Hopefully it's not that, Oh, really? That's all I get? You know, because we've all gotten that look too. But hopefully you'll get that look of excitement, of surprise, and, and it's just so rewarding when we do that for our kids because there's nothing greater than giving. Amen? It's The Bible even teaches you that principle. It's better to give Than to receive and so this morning as we get closer and closer to the actual day of Christmas I want you to know or remind you that and maybe you were reminded this weekend how many did some last-minute shopping or still have last minute shopping to do how many know that that stress just builds up that stress of going to the store and standing in line with 50 other people and screaming kids and this and that that's why you don't catch me in those places i i don't do well when it comes to shopping i really don't give me amazon.com i'm happy right there i can shop away but stress starts to build up and it can become very easy for us to become very selfish at this time of the year it really can be and and at this time of the year it's It's the exact opposite of what we should be doing. We should be, as believers, as Christians... How many here is a Christian? Right? Raise your hand if you call yourself a a Christian. So we should be showing the love of Christ. More so at this time of the year than at any other time. So if you catch yourself in that store... Or in that parking lot because you can't even get in the store... Because you can't find a parking space and you're losing your mind, and you're stressing out, and then the next thing you know, you're shouting, you're yelling, and then you go inside, and the cashier reminds you and says, Merry Christmas, and you're going, oh yeah. That's the reason for the season, and we have to get reminded of that. Don't lose the focus of Christmas is what I'm trying to say. Don't lose the focus. It's a time when we should be looking outward, It's a time that we should be, better yet, looking upward, upward to Jesus Christ. Amen? So take a step back right now. If you're that person I was just describing that's stressed right now because of this and that and and this meeting and and this party that you need to go to for for work and, and the relatives that are coming over that you really don't want to have come over and not that anybody hears like that. But take a, take a step back and remember to focus on the reason for the season. That is the greatest gift that you can ever receive, amen? We're to celebrate the Savior's birth and His great love for you and I. Celebrate it today, amen? This is the most beautiful time of the year. The song goes, it's, it's a beautiful time of the year. And it's filled with God's love for you and I. It's a reminder, as we celebrate his birth. Emmanuel. God with us. I joke that I used to have a friend in high school named Manuel. So it's good to have a in your life. And I have an Emmanuel now that will never leave me. Never forsake me. God with us. Amen. How many are thankful for that today? Again, it's not the gifts or the Christmas tree. It's rather the gift that Jesus was to you and I. And that gift will continue to be there today, tomorrow, next week, next month, no matter what 2019 brings. And how many are excited that we're almost at the end of this year, that 2019 is on the horizon, it's right there. How many are done with 2018 and just want to move on, right? There's, there's people that have had that kind of a year. I get it, we all go through seasons like that. And the great news is that God still is in control. Amen. He has a plan for each of you. He's given each of you his gift, which is his son, Jesus Christ. And this morning, I w- I'd like for you to stand with me, and I'm going to read from the book of Matthew, chapter 1. I'm going to keep you on your feet for a few minutes here. I'm going to read uh, lengthy verses, uh, starting in verse, chapter 1 of verse 18 of the book of Matthew. And we're going to read about the birth of Jesus Christ. I don't have a handout for you this morning. I'm going to keep you here briefly, but let's just read the the text here. Starting in verse 18 of chapter 1 of Matthew. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man, unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. And when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Chapter 2, verse 1. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. And after listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest. Over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly and with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered gifts gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Let's pray this morning. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. Now we pray, give us understanding to receive that word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Amen. How many love that story of the birth of Jesus, the nativity scene, describing what's going on, describing how Joseph, first of all, received uh, 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 this angel and was telling "Don't, don't Do not fear. Do not fear. Don't, aren't you glad that God can tell you today, don't don't, don't worry, 2019 is going to be alright, 2019 is going to be okay, it's not going to be like 2018, it's going to be better, I've got a plan for you, I've got a purpose for you, amen, and he's going to take care of you, amen. It's the same way what was going on here with Joseph and with Mary. Let me, Let me just share something here, I didn't realize this until... Years years uh, later, after I had read the Bible, but how many believe that there was three wise men? How many believe that, that you, were, you were raised and taught that there were three wise men, right? Do you know that's not biblical? The Bible never says there were three. It says wise men came. It never gives a number. It says the magi, the wise men came. It could have been three. All we know it was plural, it was more than one. It could have been 13. We don't know how big their posse was. We just know that they came, right? And they came to adore him and to bring gifts unto him. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. The title of this message is, We Bring a Gift. I'm asking you this morning, the question is, what are you bringing to Jesus? You already know what you're giving your kids. Maybe your mom and dad, maybe a brother or a sister. But what are you bringing to Jesus? Or have you even given thought to that? What are you bringing Jesus? Good question to think about this morning. Number one, I want to quickly just take you through four different scenarios here. Number one, the very first thing they did, what did the wise men do when they saw Jesus? In the house. And before I tell you that, let me add one more part of the picture. We're all taught that the wise men showed up where Jesus was born at, in, in the stable, in, in a nativity scene. Did you know that they showed up two years after he was born? The Bible tells us that. But we're taught traditionally that, oh, he was born and all of a sudden the wise men showed up. And there was a shepherd and there was an angel right out here in the center. and it, No, they showed up two years after he was born, according to the Bible. So, uh, there's, there's some myths, there's some traditions that we've all been raised on. I was no different. I was taught that way. And, and so, I just know that Magi showed up, wise men showed up, bringing gifts. And the very first thing they did when they stepped into the house, because Mary and Joseph had their own house, where they were raising Jesus, they said that they worshipped him. They got down, bowed down, and began to worship him. Not Mary. Not Joseph, but him. They worshiped Jesus. They came to see the king of kings. Amen? The king of kings and lord of lords. See, they had received a revelation, a special revelation, that they understood that this was a king right here. Even though he was wrapped in tiny clothes as a two-year-old, he was a king of kings that they were looking at. And this is why Herod wanted to know where he was at. Herod wanted to take him out. And you know the story. Herod went and took out all the males two years and younger. He took them out, the Bible says. And this is where Joseph, in a dream, was told to move. Move away from that area. And then he came back, and and you know the story. But this morning, what I want to emphasize is that when they first saw Jesus, they worshipped him. They worshipped him. I remember when I first became a believer, when I first... Gave my heart to the Lord for the first time and because all this was brand new. And, and I began to truly worship God for the very first time in my life. You see, I was, I was like the stories that I just relayed to you. It was all just tradition in here, in my mind. It, it was tradition. But then all of a sudden I had a personal relationship develop. Just like I have a relationship with my wife. I speak to her every day and she speaks back to me. That's now the same relationship I have with God. Prior to that, it was just a tradition. Oh, that's what we do. I was a CEO at my church. I went Christmas and Easter only, right? A CEO. Some of you here were CEOs at that time. And, and now it's much more than tradition. It's a relationship that we have. He cares for you. How many know what I'm talking about this morning? He cares for you. And so these wise men recognized that and worshipped the baby Jesus. They worshipped Him. They first recognized Jesus for who He was. And that's the thing, when we first recognize Jesus for who He is, we have no choice but to bow down and worship Him. We begin to say, Lord, I'm not worthy. I worship You, Lord. I declare that You are my King, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And they began to declare unto this baby that they didn't know. They didn't know Mary, Joseph, They just knew this is what was right. They had to do this. This is the very, very first thing you and I should bring Jesus as a gift, is worship. So church, this year, if you have not done this yet, take the time, whether it's by yourself or even better yet, grab your family, grab them together and say a prayer. Bring worship to Jesus together. And I promise you, I promise you, it will be the most beautiful thing you do this year. And when you bring worship to God, he lifts you up. When when you worship the king of kings, he actually lifts you up. Did you know that? He lifts you up. Amen. And then I want to quickly just touch on the gifts that they brought. What was the very first thing they brought? They brought gold. The Bible says they opened up and and presented gold. And I I would imagine it was probably a little treasure box. They opened a little chest uh, filled with gold. And obviously, gold, still the same today, is the standard of gifts. When you get a gold gift, I mean, that, it doesn't get better than that, right? We talk about gold plated. This was gold. and it's, Back then, it was the premium gift. Today, it's still a premium gift. But, but did you know this? That gold was coveted as one of the most precious metals. It still is today. It's, by, it's the standard by which all wealth is measured. But not only that... Gold is a royal gift symbolizing kingship. There's, there's kings, especially in the Middle East, when, when you see them, they have nothing but gold. They have their gold chairs. They have things that are gold. And, and that belongs to a king. That's how they function. Jesus was no different. They recognized that. They brought him gold because they recognized that this was the king of kings. Amen? Amen. A gift of gold demonstrated recognition of that kingship. Secondly, a delicious fragrance presented or filled the room. And this was the frankincense. How many have ever smelled frankincense? I have. And it can become overpowering, but it can be a beautiful aroma when done. And this was the second of the gifts. This was a holy oil at that time. It was a holy oil. And it was familiar to anyone that lived in Jerusalem because this oil was presented in the temple, the place of worship. The priests would, would uh, use that oil in the, in the priestly ceremonies that they would do in the temple. It, the, the oil suggested pure and a beautiful presence of God. The name frankincense typifies purity. It's, it's really, it's the definition of purity. So God is, is king, Jesus is king, he represents purity. Are you following me? These gifts made sense. They weren't just randomly chosen. They, 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 there was thought given to these gifts. Only priests could make an incense offering in the temple. But of course, aren't you glad that you and I today... We don't, it doesn't have to be just the pastor that can present a gift to God. It can be you. It can be any one of us that we can now present a gift to Jesus Christ. Amen. Just like these wise men did. If gold was a gift that said kingship, frankincense, frankincense said godliness. It was, it was purity. God is pure. God is, is holy. Amen. And then the third gift was myrrh. Myrrh was the third and final gift the Bible describes. And as it was open, it began to fill the, the, the room in that house. I can imagine it eventually just filled the entire house. The other day, and I'll give you an example, the other day, uh, Bianca parks her car in the garage and I forget what bottle she was using the cleaner carpet with. She's I think, Maybe Febreze, I don't know what it was, but it was strong. She spilled the whole thing in her car. Well, then it filled the whole garage with this aroma, and then all of a sudden, it started coming into the house, I'm like, because I get really sensitive to smells, God gave me a big nose for a reason, and not only that, but, but then she comes and goes, sorry, I spilled a bottle, and I think she may have spilled it outside the car, I'm not sure, but in our garage, it smells really clean right now. But it filled the whole garage, filled our house up even. That's how strong this aroma was. Myrrh was the same way. When it was opened up, it began to just fill that room. It began to fill the entire house with this pleasant aroma. It also had a familiar aroma to people at that time. See, these gifts were expensive gifts. You couldn't just go out and buy this stuff. It was expensive. This was stuff that belonged to royalty. Amen? Myrrh was an anointing oil that they used. They actually used it on on dead bodies. Jesus ultimately, at his crucifixion, would be anointed with myrrh. Did you know that? His body would be anointed with myrrh. It was part of the embalming process. The Magi brought it too because it was a precious oil for anointing. They anointed baby Jesus with this oil. It was a gift for this king. It was the same process that David had experienced with Samuel. How many remember when Samuel anointed the boy David as the future king and leader of Israel? This was the oil that he used. It was myrrh. It was myrrh, the Bible tells us. This gift of myrrh tells us that Jesus... Was the anointed one. How many recognize that Jesus came as the anointed Lord and Savior and King of Kings? Amen. Together, these three gifts represent kingship, godliness, and anointing. This, this week, you know, I don't, I'm not sure where you're going to be with your family on, on Tuesday, which is Christmas Day. Today, we celebrate Christmas in our church here. But get your families together, worship the Lord together. Let that be. The greatest gift you can offer him. Amen. You don't need to bring him gold. You don't need to bring him frankincense. You don't need to bring him myrrh. But what he's desiring from you and I. Is that gift of worship. That comes from your heart. You don't have to go out and buy it. Jesus don't want nothing from Best Buy. (laughs) He He don't need nothing from the flea market. You know. He wants your heart. He wants you to just give Him worship this this week. Amen? And He wants that every day. In closing this morning, and I told you I wasn't going to be long. And now, if you'll just stand with me as we close. And I'd like uh, to invite Bianca up here to the keyboard as we close. But the Lord's not concerned again about material gifts. And you and I shouldn't be either. You and I shouldn't be concerned about what I'm going to receive as adults. Come on now. I'm speaking to you, adults. Your children, bless your children. Spoil your children. You know, that's what we as parents sh- should do. Take care of your children. But as adults, we shouldn't get wrapped up in, well, I got him this and he didn't get me nothing. Yeah, wait, don't get caught up in that. That's petty. Come on now. Amen. That's petty. Just like the Lord isn't concerned about those gifts, we shouldn't be either. But what he does want for you is, or for each of us, is to worship him. That's the greatest gift you can give him. It's not, it's not tithing, as much as it hurts any pastor to say this, it's not tithing $1,000 in that red basket. It's, it's not having the most beautiful building, a sanctuary in the country. It's not about any of that. It's about what is coming out of your heart What is truly coming out of your heart at this time? That's what Jesus is longing for each of you this morning. That you would just give your heart to him.